Talk Talk, the home of where the talking is good. Yeah. It's your boy Cody and the other guy here once again for some good Burda. conversation. Tiny table, big room. You get the idea. You're here every week because you're a faithful listener. Thank you for that, by the way. We thank you. Listen here is kind of like the Three Musketeers. I know. That's maybe, why I like it. Yeah. Maybe like uh, these guys are coming out with like their little tiny swords and like they're so good. Because like, why did the Musketeers have such like thin, like little fencing swords? I, I don't know. Because really, I mean, I guess it would be painful to get hit with it, but it's not going to cut you. You know what I mean? Until you get pointed. You have to be pointed to get Maybe stabbed. you could just slice someone like Zoro. Like, yeah, I guess you like, could. You know. if, like you could still like slice from far away. Maybe that's where the saying came from, die by a thousand paper cuts. Just those little swords. They're like... That sounds awful. Yeah, it does sound awful. But it makes me wonder, though, if I was going into a fight, going back to like medieval times, No. would I rather have like that quick little light sword or like a big broadsword? I would think just a broadsword because like if I go at a guy that has like the little one and I hit that with my broadsword, I would imagine that it's just going to give way it's gonna cave in like that's not gonna stop a broadsword sure, but i imagine with a broadsword in my opinion it'd be a two-handed situation right like when i, when I think of a broadsword i think yeah. of like a big dude like yeah i mean there was some broadswords that like you I could use like with one hand i mean it was just a sword i just imagine it being slower you know what I mean? it absolutely it would heavier. be slower yeah and but you also have a shield maybe in theory i don't know i i, I wouldn't want to be in medieval fights at all <laughs> If I had to go back, I'm just taking a gun. Uh, okay, you're going you to take I mean? everything with you. Like, they come at me with a sword, and I'm just like, <laughs> <Bam>! <laughs> I mean, we win, you know? And so, golly, uh, that'd be crazy. But isn't, I, that, isn't that how fireworks initially, like, became a thing? Because, like, fireworks were actually used by, like, uh, like Asian cultures as, like, the first... Celebratory? Well, no, I think it, they were the first, like, guns, essentially. <laughs> so fireworks hmm. were initially weapons at first, and now I they're for no fun. I have no idea. It like is kind of crazy to think, like, how long fireworks have been around, though. I don't know how long they've been around, I guess, for centuries at yeah. this point. It's crazy. It is wild. It is wild. Uh, speaking of fireworks, it's just crazy to me. Like, I mean, July 4th was a couple of months ago now, but it is insane how they can package these things to, like, come out in, like, shapes and designs. And, like, I'm watching fireworks. And how my, do they plan that? My how brain is just like, this shouldn't work. This is awesome. <laughs> like, I watched one blow up, and it was the American flag. And I'm like, how is that possible? Like, there's no way. How do they, like, so is there, like, a test room? You know what I mean? That, like, they, like, throw the fireworks in? Like, go! <laughs> it's a happened. big room to do that. That's crazy. <laughs> but it's just amazing. Like, technology, like, I just, woof. My brain. Makes my brain melt a little bit. <laughs> my, well, my brain melted. <laughs> Uh, oh so good gosh. times. We got a, uh, not to keep rambling about like life and stuff before we get to the actual pod, but we got this new coffee maker. Oh, a new one. Yeah. That's fun. So not belittling anyone that has a cheap coffee maker, but when we first got married, you know, we didn't have a lot of finances and we just bought what we could afford. It was like a little $10 Mr. You know, Coffee. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. I think it was like a Black & Decker or something. No, maybe not even that, but it, it's been with us for however many years. It's been a long, long haul. And she finally broke. No. And uh, it's a sad day. and we got a new one. And we didn't. We still didn't go like top tier. You know what I mean? We just got something from like Target or whatever. But my coffee is so much better. I had no idea it mattered. <laughs> Let me tell anybody out there that likes to drink coffee and has a cheap coffee maker, it matters. It really does. Like, it's crazy. I I've I went a little bit probably too far, and like I got me like a, a really nice one. Probably Did you? About, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been about four or five years now uh -huh. but every time that i have one from like a decent you know not most coffee pots will get the job done obviously but i can tell a difference like on the way that it's brewed compared to mine at home versus just like you know your 
typical $30 pot of coffee, but it's still good. It's if just you would have like, told me that three weeks ago, I would have called you a bold face liar. See, I know. Is it bold face or bald face? I think it's bold face. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know, it could bald. be bald face because like maybe it's like so clear little that kids lie a lot and like they don't have beards yet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe bald face is like, it's very obvious. You can't hide anything. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> your face know. is so bald right now. It's your, your, the whole way, truth either is Either way, out. I would have called you a liar because I, I'd be like, it's just hot water going through ground up beans overall yes but there's like a process that happens with like more expensive coffee pots where like the way that the water comes out it's more even at least for mine so i know that's how mine makes it a little bit better i'm a believer i'm a believer my coffee is so good and i'm just like because i'm used to like bitter gross coffee oh gosh (laughs) and it also could be that your coffee pot was old well yeah there's part of that i was asking rachel i was like how long do you think this has been bad Because now that we're drinking good coffee, I'm like, what we've been this? drinking bad coffee for a while. It's like your eyes have been opened. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and and here's the other thing. It's like hot. It's mm. like I have to like take the lid off of my cup and like let it breathe for a while. And then I can put my lid back on and actually drink it. But now I'm a, I'm a new man. I'm drinking hot, fresh, delicious coffee. Have you ground your own beans too? We used to do that. It's just too much, bro. Mm. It's like I ain't got time for it. I just I just want to like because we make ours the night before and set yeah. it to the timer. Yeah, so do so, I. So that way it's just good to go. And I just don't want to grind the beans. I'm just like I'll just do regular. But you, know you can what I mean? do that before nope. too. That's what nope. I do. I grind. Which nope. now obviously the purists out there like Wesley's probably like super like irritated right now the fact that I even grind mine the night before because yeah. technically it would be even Wesley's more fresher and even right more now. better if I ground it, <sighs> ground, so it ground it, <laughs> grounded ground it, grounded it before in the you know or right there in the moment. Right. So it's super fresh like for those of you that know i don't know i'm gonna totally throw wesley under the bus like we went on a prayer trip and homie brought scales and like like i'm just like i brought my own coffee on that trip no but i didn't bring scales i I don't do it that bro was going in which i guess you know if you're a coffee connoisseur um which you know to me that makes me think of dinosaurs and they're extinct (laughs) but (laughs) so i don't know if that's still a thing but if you're a coffee man i mean you just want the best out there so good kudos to you yeah yeah, I cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, anyways. Th- th- to me, the scales and stuff, that's too much. Too much work. Too mm. much work. But, mm. you know, like you said, it shows that you're really passionate about your your hobby or, or your taste, I guess. Yeah. You really want to make sure you have that really good coffee experience. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> cool. I feel like that's spiritual right there, though. You know what well, I mean? Well, I mean, like, we could go many different ways right now. <laughs> like, I really want to just be like, isn't that so true about, like, our spiritual life, though, as we went in. If we go in with that mentality of like, I'm going to literally give my best tonight or literally, we talked about first fruits last time, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but more so of just like, you know, be very mindful of the time. What's interesting though, is I'll just say this, like, and maybe there's something here. Maybe there's not. Maybe not. But like, so. it's like we were just used to it. Mm. So we couldn't tell it was bad. We were just used to the gross. <laughs> I mean, John 8, those that walk in darkness, have they don't know. They don't know. They, on, they only walk in darkness because that's all that they know. Right. Your coffee was darkness. <laughs> My coffee was from the pits of darkness, and it wasn't until... Now, now, when you're looking at it in that context, though... It's what would have changed my mind is if like maybe if I went to your house mm-hmm. and you brewed coffee and I was like, this is really good. Yeah, but that's happened to you before, like <laughs> other people's houses. I don't <laughs> think it has. I can't think of anybody's house where I've okay. gone and had coffee. I guess maybe you've never had coffee at Wesley's house, maybe. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, I've never had coffee jerk. at anyone's house. What a jerk. Right? Bro. <laughs> Wesley doesn't even invite me to his house. So, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys, your friendship's on a different level. I get no I like how, I like you know how we're, mean? like, talking about Wesley on Wesley the whole time. <laughs> but back to the pod, this is what I'm saying, and it's just, like, making sense right now. It's amazing yeah. how Revelation, like, you get into this stuff, and the Holy Spirit's like, see, see, see. And it's stuff we've talked about before, but it really emphasizes the truth of how important truly living a Christian life is, truly living as a disciple, because as Matthew 5 describes us, as the light of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, he describes us as the salt. So we are here to show people that there is a better way. Mm -hmm. Like, because if if you're just trapped in there and you're used to it, you don't know yeah. that there's something better per se. Yeah, You might be oblivious to the fact. I My eyes were not opened until I got something better. My yeah. eyes were not opened until <laughs> my circumstance forced me. And I think instead of like, waiting for people's circumstances to get really, really bad to where they desperately seek after God and want to find church. What if they interacted with a Christian who was truly salt, truly light, and let that light shine out in the darkness so they could experience something that's different from what they're used to? Yeah. And, and that experience of something different will make them hungry for more yeah. and make them desire, wow, because if I went over to your house and had coffee compared to my old coffee maker and it was really, really good, I would leave and tell Rachel, be like, we need to, we need to change. Something's changed. Something's got to be fixed. That coffee's so much better than what Something we're drinking. Something has to disrupt the process that you're currently involved in. Yes. So that way you can have a new perspective and then <clears throat> therefore walk in that new perspective. True repentance, essentially. Yeah. Some, something that will actually change your thoughts and then ultimately change your ways. I love that. Christians are supposed to disrupt the process of people who are lost. Yeah. Because people who are lost essentially don't know they're lost. They have no idea. They're just living life. And, and, and like me, I didn't realize I was drinking bad coffee until I had good coffee, you know? And so it's like, we need to help people see that Jesus is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. And when we really live as disciples of Jesus Christ and we really keep his commandments, if you, I will say this, if you genuinely follow the Bible and follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, 100% it's going to enhance your life. Yeah. It will make your life different from somebody who does not have Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when your life is different from somebody who doesn't have Jesus, it's salt unto them. Mm. Salt makes people thirsty. It's light in the darkness. It's good coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever analogy yeah. you want to use, the life of the believer, there's so many things that are achieved through our lives. But one thing that I'm now seeing in this very moment is to rattle people mm -hmm. that have just gotten very used to whatever. Yeah. Average. Yeah. Used to sin. Used to sh yeah. a struggle in marriage. Used to bills coming up that they can't do nothing about used to confusion used to all these things that believers also struggle with but sure. we have an answer yeah 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 you know you know what i mean there's a, there's an answer to my confusion mm -hmm. it's wisdom that i can get from the holy spirit because god literally gives it when i ask yeah. you know there's an answer when my marriage is having difficult times it's it's love my wife as jesus loved the church and lay. there's answers for mm -hmm. all of these things and i think the problem is is the world looks at the believer and they don't see any answers because the believer's not really following jesus the way that they should so their life looks exactly like everybody else's mm -hmm. and so there's no awakening that is happening because the church kind of looks like the world. Yeah. There's no difference in the coffee. Dang. You know what I mean? It goes back to that scripture we talked about many weeks ago on the pod. Like, we are to be a refreshing cup yeah. 
of hot water on a cold day or a refreshing cup of cold water on a hot day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did I say that right? I, th- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> cold water on a hot day, hot coffee on a, a cold day or something yes, like that. <laughs> which I'm stoked about. Cold days are ahead. <laughs> now that you got your good coffee. Now in this coffee, you know, right now it's like 90 degrees out. This coffee's not hitting like it's going to when it's 50 degrees out. It's going to going to feel it in my core. But it's just something that I want to challenge everybody listening, everybody watching, and even myself, like just to be, we see that cliche t-shirt all the time. I was watching a show just last night and it was like, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, these shirts are dope, but are we actually really doing that? That's so good. Like, are we actually offering them something that's different than they're currently living? Yes. And I feel like over the past couple, it feels like years now. I don't even know if it's years. I guess it's only been like six <clears throat> months or, or maybe a whole year that we've been talking about this. But that's something that it's been really big on our heart lately is just <clears throat> really living this lifestyle that is very fruitful Amen. and very evident yes. of this mm. encounter, but also this relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I feel like most people are getting this patchy on the back put a band-aid on it kind of gospel versus sure. like let's fix the actually root of change. your issues yeah. and actually help you so then you can grow from this point instead of die. Mm. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of Christians that I feel like are just living in their death, but they can actually live a life with Ooh, him. Living in their death. Living in their death. And, you know, for me, I don't want to die. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't want to live in that way. I want to live a life that's fulfilling and good and great and I've found that through Jesus, but that's because something has disrupted my process to have me have a change of perspective, which allows me to then walk it out in a different way than I've lived my life before. Mm. And I think that's so very important right now that we are actually offering people a different way, not the same way with Jesus, which which I feel is, is tough because yes, you could still technically not change, but is your life better at that point? Right. What what is the point at that? Just get out a hell free card, right? And I fear <laughs> that that's what a lot of Christians, especially younger culture, sees it as. Yeah, because we've been so the insurance policy. The in, the fire insurance policy is much as I hate that saying, but it's but a lot of people see it that. But that to me, he is that could even in itself be a slippery slope because did you really repent? Yeah. Was there a, a true, true heart? True heart change. Yeah. Because I wonder how many people think they're saved, but they're really not saved. Are, 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 do we have churches across the world that are full of people that when they get to heaven, God is going to say, I did not know you. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. then be banished. Yeah. Because he said in scripture, I did not know you. Go, go from here. Mm-hmm. So it's like true repentance alters your lifestyle. Yeah. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. There, there will be fruit that comes with your repentance. It's like, you know, where is it? Matthew 7, maybe. And he talks about a bad tree cannot yeah. produce good fruit. It's in Luke as and, well. Yeah. And a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. When somebody gives their life to Jesus, but all the fruit they're really producing is still bad, whether it's right or not, I question the authenticity of their original commitment. Yeah. Because there should be a fruit change. Maybe the whole vineyard doesn't change at once. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's something that, that you know, people get hung up on is that, you know, it's a process. It is a process. There is, there's still a season of growth for that fruit to manifest. And there might be times where you're a little bit more fruitful. And then there might be times that you're not as fruitful. But at the ultimate end of the day, your heart 
had to have been changed. Yes. Otherwise, you will never have fruit. But if the vineyard stays the same, then there was no heart change. Yes, exactly. If there's nothing that shows that the process is not being worked, if somebody, gosh, I don't even want to call one out. I feel like everybody knows what sin is. But if there's no, because that's what repentance is, is to turn away from, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like if if there is no turning away from things that are causing this separation, if there's no turning away from, you know, things that are, are producing the lifestyle that we're used to, then then there is a question is, did the heart really change? Yeah. Did they truly bend their knee to Jesus Christ yeah. and make him Lord and Savior of their life? Yeah. And what I really want, though, is, and I feel like that's a different pod, but what I want is like, for believers who have bended their knee, who have given their life to Jesus, let's begin to look inwardly and see what can I work on drastically to enhance the fruit that I'm producing so I can pull somebody out of their situation. Mm. So I can pull somebody literally, because this is part of the mission of the church, of the believers, is we are supposed to be saving people from hell, and we do that by showing them Jesus. That's so good. And so we have an obligation to like be. <laughs> be Man, it'd be light. like if I went to a farmer's market and I like advertise myself as like a tomato plant farmer and I showed up and like I have tomatoes for sale, but I didn't bring any. <laughs> I have nothing to prove yeah. that I'm actually a legit tomato farmer. Like, like we as believers need to, as, as we're offering Jesus for sale, there should be evidence <laughs> that Jesus has actually impacted our lives. So we should cultivate that and show forth that. So that way, when we encounter people, we're legit. Well, what's wrong, though, is they're showing up as tomato farmers and all their tomatoes are rotten. Ooh. I would rather have no tomatoes. Okay, yeah, that's probably better. <laughs> the, the problem is... is, is, is or or a, like an orange and it's not even a tomato. Yes, we've got a lot of tomato <laughs> farmers showing up and their their tomatoes are full of fleas and flies Ugh, and they're rotten and gross. they're soft and they're moldy. That's a way better and analogy. And so somebody <laughs> walks by the farmer's market and they're like, I don't want anything to do with Ugh. that. Why would I buy your tomatoes? You know what I mean? Those are disgusting. Gosh. I can go over here... And they're not the best tomatoes, but at least they're edible. At least I can live off of these. And so that's so much better. We need to make sure that yeah. we're we're showing the world what Jesus is really like. Yeah. And that's an obligation for every single one of us. You know, uh, we need to be all the things, you know, we've talked about this before on many pods. It's like Jesus was the embodiment of the word of God. Mm-hmm. So everything that the word explains to us about love and character and dignity and justice and Jesus was the embodiment of all of that mm-hmm. faith. You know, he was in the body and we need to be the embodiment of that as yeah, well yeah. because he lives in us. And yeah. so we should have the same character that Jesus had. We should have the same temperament that Jesus had. We should walk in the same forgiveness. We should walk in the same love. Yeah. We should walk in the same patience, all the fruits of the spirit, love, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control, all of that Jesus walked in. Believers should be... I don't know if epitome is the right word. The epitome? We, yeah, of self-control. Mm. When you see a believer, you should be able to say, that is a dude or dudette that has some serious self-control. Dang. Yeah. When you see a believer, they should be the, what was that word you used again? Epitome. Epitome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they should look at the believer and be like, that is a patient human being. Yeah. That is a loving human being. That is a kind human why because that's jesus Mm. and and he we are disciples which means christ-like ones we are ones who obey the teachings of their master so when they and when they look at the believer and they see that that is one who is meek Mm. that is one who is humble that is one who is gentle 
it is as weird as it may sound, going back to the analogy, that's when you're a fresh cup of coffee that came out of a real expensive coffee. And when you think about it, it we did come out of an expensive, it was very expensive to get us to this point. Jesus yeah. gave his life. It cost a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we should be the most refined, good-tasting version of humanity that this world has ever seen because of the price that was paid to make us. Bro, and now that you've had that expensive coffee. <laughs> it has changed everything. <laughs> Regular coffee is just not going to be the good same anymore. Point. You know what I mean? Like now that your, your palate mm. has experienced good coffee, <clears throat> you, you kind of messed up. <laughs> Low key. <laughs> you kind of <laughs> messed up because now this is what you're mm. going to desire. And I feel like that should be very true to us as believers yes. now that we've tasted and seen that the lord is good nothing else should compare that's scripture nothing scripture else should says compare. that once we you should, taste and see you'll mm, never because nothing will satisfy that's right we should desire only the good mm. we should never desire the substitute or the imitation Amen. why would i go for the fake when i want the real yeah well and you know what i mean and, and again there's nothing wrong with bad coffee quote unquote I'm not trying to right. knock your coffee pots out there, but we're just saying once you've experienced true goodness, yes, once you've experienced he true is. fulfillment, once you've experienced what it is to understand what real purpose is, it's hard to go back, or at least it should be extremely hard. There yeah. should be no desire to go back. True. That that is what repentance yeah. is. It is a 180. Yeah from your previous mindset, a 180 from your previous perspective, and now you are walking in the new. I'll just say from my personal life experiences, there's no way you couldn't, and I, I genuinely, sincerely mean this with all my heart, you could not pay me enough money in the world to go back to the person I was before Christ. <clears throat> and furthermore, you could strip me of every good thing I have right now except for my family. Don't take my family. You could take my house. You could take my cars. You could take my TVs. You could take every luxury I have, and I still wouldn't yeah. go back to the person I was before. <laughs> I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I was misery walking, man, you know? And it's like Jesus saved me from that. And, like, I'm definitely not – I use a very vivid analogy talking about that, and it might – you know, but, like, we have POWs, prisoners of war – and when you rescue, when they're set free from that, I don't know that you could ever ask one of them, would you like to go back to that? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> That's I feel like it's a pretty obvious answer, right? Right? <laughs> well, I was living in a prison of sin yeah. and, and, and all sorts of other nastiness, and Jesus set me free from that. Mm -hmm. Why would I consciously decide to go back to that? Yeah. It's just not even a question. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody knows this. We're not perfect. Sure, absolutely. You know what I mean? We're, we're human and we're flawed, yeah. which constantly reminds us that we need him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> right? If I could do this in my own strength, I wouldn't need Jesus. Yeah. If I could save myself, I wouldn't need Jesus. If I could be saved by my good works, I wouldn't need Jesus. So we're continually reminded throughout the day that I need him. And I think that's so great, too, is that he, he's reminding you that, and I feel like it's like a reoccurring theme as well. It's just like you're not in this on your own. We're going to walk True. you through this together. Yes. You need me. You, yes. You need me to hold your hand through this. John 15, without him, you can do nothing. Hold my hand. <laughs> so going back to what we're talking about, if we want to be the best people that hum humanity has to offer, then we must walk with him. Mm -hmm. Because you can't produce the fruits of the spirit that really draws people to Jesus Christ because it's better fruit than what yeah. the world has to offer. It's not rotten tomatoes. It's very delicious, robust, juicy, good tomatoes. You can't produce that. Even the Bible says these are the fruits of God's spirit. Yeah. 
So we serve a triune God, 100% God, Father, the Holy Spirit. You need all three of them, and you've got to live life with them because you can't be humble on your own. You can't be meek on your own. You can't be gentle on your own. You can't be patient on your own. You surely can't walk in self-control on your own. Mm -hmm. We are too flawed (laughs) to walk in self-control. It's only through this relationship with him that when temptations arise or when the flesh comes up and we want to yell at somebody that we're able to curb that and walk in self-control because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm relying on Jesus and faith in him to help me have the temperament Mm -hmm. of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, and I hear people, especially the religious people, the Christian people, because I've heard, I've seen this all the time and it's just a valid excuse. Well, Jesus had uh, anger issues. He flipped tables in the temple bro, if that's your scripture to be angry, you're not really reading scripture. First of all, it was in his house. If someone breaks into your house and they're like gambling, you're going to, you can throw them out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was in his house. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's not like he's out there at Walmart flipping over tables and knocking Just down going to some random door. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's not in target pushing over bookshelves and, you know, cutting milk and throwing it all over the place. He's not having a temper tantrum mm-hmm. in a public space. He's in his own house. Yeah. Right. And because Christians, we've got to stop making excuses for poor behavior. Yeah. And so many Christians will manipulate scripture to do what they want. And you just can't do that. Yeah. We, we, that's not what we're about. Yeah. I was even going to say, like, even with that, it's like in those moments when you do give into anger or in those moments when you do give into this desire or the, sorry, desire, more of like this temptation, because, you know, most mm. desires are actually okay. But if you give into this yeah. temptation to do something that's not good, you call yourself out on it. Yes. And you let others know, like, hey, I messed I, up. I wronged you. I mean, that's what it talks about. Confess your faults to one another so that yeah. you may be healed. Yes. So, if I do something wrong to you, I should apologize to you so that way this can be healed. Amen. And that way they can then see, oh, that is the mark of a true Christian. Yes. They are walking with Jesus. They say they want to follow Jesus. They say they want to live this lifestyle with him. And then when they do something that is contrary to that, they say, hey, I don't Accountability. I, I don't need to do that. Yeah. I, I'm not representing Jesus right. well. I I, I, I I misspoke. I didn't speak for him in the best way. I was a bad representation. Yeah. I was a bad ambassador in that moment. Please forgive me. I want to do better. And mm. I think that that is so, powerful. so much better. And I feel like if we as a society, as we as believers, if we could just come down and just say, hey, <laughs> we're all out here trying to figure this out together. We're all out yeah. here trying to be in this process of sanctification with God together. And I feel like that is going to be so much better than us just pretending. Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes this lifestyle of faith, we're just like, oh, we'll just, we're by faith. You know, I messed up. We'll just forget about it. We'll ignore it. And we'll just keep, keep moving on. on. And, and sometimes, you know, it, it is, it, there's things that you're just like, all right, I messed up, whatever. It's fine. I'll move on. There's, there's no need to apologize to somebody. But especially if you wrong somebody. Yeah. How much weight does that, how, how much does that show that person that you truly care about the way that you're living your life for God. And that's the way I want to be. That's the way I'm trying to grow at this point, is just to be very open and real and honest about it. And it shows them how different you are than the other people that wrong them. Yeah. I mean, it shows a difference, and that's what we're supposed to be about. It should be a palatable difference. Yeah. Like, you can actually see it and taste it. Salt and light. You can see light. You can taste salt. (laughs) They should be able to see and taste the difference. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's owning our mistakes. 
I say sometimes, always, we should own our <laughs> mistakes. For sure, yeah. <laughs> the reason why I said sometimes is because I was hoping we wouldn't make mistakes regularly. Sure, you know what I mean? absolutely. But it's, it reminds me of Psalms chapter 1 when David is reflecting on his life and he says, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Scornful, when you look at that word, has many different meanings, but one of the meanings is fake. Mm-hmm. So don't be a fake person. Don't yeah. sit in this. He, he's telling them, like, I was a fake king when I should have. I was playing king when I should have been king. Yeah. So don't play a Christian. Be a Christian. Don't don't play a disciple. Be a disciple. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't be fake. There's a fake all around. Mm. You know, they need genuine. We need genuine. Jesus demands genuine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's what it really means to, like, have your heart changed. Like, I'm, I'm genuine in this commitment. I am sincere in this commitment. Yes, there's things I need to work on. And Jesus and I are going to attack those things together. Yeah. So I can be salt, so I can be light, so I can be a good cup of coffee. Yeah. I can be a hot drink on a cold day. I can be a cold drink on a hot day. And, and that's really, because this is what it ultimately does, right? It lifts Jesus up in our own lives. Mm. It glorifies him. Mm-hmm. And that's what it says in Matthew, let your good deeds shine out yeah. so that your heavenly father will be glorified. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men unto me. Why are men not being drawn to Jesus? It's because the believer is not lifting him up in their own lives. When we lift up Jesus and we let Jesus be seen and known in our lives, and there's no other way. You identify a tree by its fruit. Yeah. I can tell an apple tree is an apple tree by the fruit that's on it. Any tree you want to use, orange, peaches, whatever. I can tell the tree by the fruit. This world can tell what kind of tree you are purely by the fruit that you produce. And that just kind of bringing it full circle, I guess, in the sense of like, you know, when I started my analogy about not having fruit at all, but I feel like now it's just really more important about the quality of the fruit, mm. the quality mm. of the fruit. And so, so important. I think that's the key. We, as you know, people that's that are following key. after him, it's like, don't so much worry about having an abundance of fruit. Cause I feel like the abundance will come in time, but it's really more so of like, let's just focus on making sure that the quality of sure. our fruit is good yes you know what i mean yes. that, that it is actually desirable mm. in an accurate representation of what that fruit was supposed to be amen like you said i i want my wife's a big honey crisp apple fan and you know when she gets an apple from a grocery delivery you know if it comes in and it's like actually a good apple we're always excited because sometimes you get those yeah those hand-picked ones and they're like you know you weren't in the store that got yeah. it and whoever made the judgment call didn't make a good judgment call and thought we'd be okay with having a bruised apple or something like that. And so it's like, we want to make sure that we are delivering people a, a crisp, fresh, Amen. ripe apple. And yeah. so even with Jesus, we want to make sure that we've been spending that time with him. We've been actually practicing what we preach. We've been actually following after the commandments. When we present our fruit, it's desirable. Amen. I want, I want Jesus to be desirable yes. because of the way that I present him. Yes. I, I don't want people to be turned away from Jesus. I want people to be turned towards Jesus. Amen. And it's like you can say it this way. I'm not saying, please understand what I'm saying. Jesus is in a category of his own, but you may be the only Jesus that they ever see. So what, do, what picture do they have in their mind's eyes of Jesus when they see you? Mm-hmm. You know, if we are the only Jesus that they ever see, what does that lead them to think about him? Man. You know, I want, I want them to think, dang. You know, uh, and not just trying to belabor the pod, 
But like, you know, I heard it said this way when it comes to like evangelism, like if I'm talking to, if I'm trying to get someone saved and I'm at a coffee shop, a lot of coffee, and, and he says, okay, I, I'm thinking about getting born again, but if I do get born again, how's this going to work? What does it look like? I should be able to say something like this. Do you see how I treat my wife? How I talk to her, how I love her, how I'll give her everything and anything, how I lay down my life for her, how I'll protect her, how I'll keep her. That's what it's going to look like. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because Jesus, we're, we're the bride of Christ and he's the husband and, and, and in Ephesians five, it talks about how husbands. And so, but my point is, is I, if I can't use that picture, then I'm not truly living as a way that I should be living. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm just saying that there should be fruit in our lives that we can easily point somebody to and say, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that fruit should be a strong enough case. It should be so compelling Mm. That in that moment, they're like, whoo, I want that. Yeah. That is desirable. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind if Jesus talked to me the way you talk to your wife. I wouldn't mind if Jesus loved me the way you love your wife. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, and we can use whatever analogy. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't mind if Jesus loved me the way you love your neighbor. Would, would somebody be able to say that? You know what I mean? Could you say, if you get born again, Jesus is going to love you like I love my neighbor. See, and that's why even with that command, it's like, if you truly love me, you will follow after my commandments. Yes. It will be evident that you truly love me it's true. because of the way that you treat your neighbor. Yes. Because of the way that you treat your spouse, the yes. way that you treat your coworker, the way you treat the random person at Walmart. Whoever, that is your neighbor. Yeah. And people should be able to tell that we truly love the Lord because of how we treat our neighbor. Mm. Amen. And that should hopefully inspire them that they can have that too. There should be enough evidence in every believer's life that they can flawlessly be convicted of loving Jesus. Mm. There should be so much evidence that you were, if you were tried in the courts of heaven today, it would be, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. Be thrown out. Yeah. They're, 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 <laughs> Case closed. There's so much evidence, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you got file after file after file after file. Here's... Just whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just all the evidence that would be able to come up with a guilty verdict that I love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's what we endeavor to do every day in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge to all of us. Absolutely. Ministers and churchgoers alike. It's a challenge to every single person that believes in Jesus. No one is exempt from this. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, the top tier has to work just as hard as the lower tier. You know what I mean? Everybody in between, you yeah. know? Uh, and so we just have to all work very, very hard at being that example, being light, being salt. So this world can realize, I love what you said. There's a disruption. Mm-hmm. So they can look at their life without Jesus and say, this isn't it. Yeah. There's something better. Yeah. And I wonder if non-believers are able to look at the believer and say, there's something better. Mm. And that's what it is. Yeah. And that's what I need. Yeah. And that's what we want. Mm-hmm. I want someone to look at Cody's life and be like, that's a complete disruption from the life I'm living. Amen. I want what he has. Amen. And likewise with me. Absolutely. And likewise with you. Somebody who doesn't have Jesus, they look at you and it's just a disruption. Like, oh my gosh, you mean I don't have to live confused? <laughs> you mean I don't have to live without peace? You mean I can, I, I can have somebody in my life that's going to be there for me? Yeah. I, like they, your life is a disruption in a good way that turns people to Jesus. Amen. Disrupt the process this week. I love that. Get out there and live a life that is going to blow people back mm. and say, hey, 
something needs to change. Amen. And that something can only happen through Jesus. And, and you have that answer. So, young friend, young, young listener, friend. you can do this. Yes. With the help of your Lord and Savior, you got this. You got this. Don't worry so much about the quantity. Worry about the quality and present that to believers mm. and unbelievers alike. Amen. Amen. Love you guys so much. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. <laughs>